Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Ravenhood, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you in the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. Because the Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe filled with all manner of champions, and I made it to bronze in Legends of Terra. So, I need something to vent on here. Each week, we're going to jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Terra. This week's story is going to be about misfortune. The bigger the risk, the bigger the bounty. A bilgewater captain famed for her looks, but feared for her ruthlessness. Sarah Fortune paints a stark figure among the hardened criminals of the port city. As a child, she witnessed the Reaver King Gangplank murder her family, an act she brutally avenged years later, blowing up his flagship while he was still on board. Those who underestimate her will face a beguiling and unpredictable opponent, and likely a bullet or two in their guts. Like most who rise to notoriety in the twisting, salt-crusted labyrinth of Bilgewater, Sarah Fortune has no shortage of blood on her hands. Beloved daughter of the renowned gun dame Abigail Fortune, Sarah spent much of her happy childhood in the forge of their island settlement just off the coast, learning to file wheel locks, set trigger pulls, and even cast batches of custom pistol shot. Her mother's skill in crafting firearms was legendary, and her bespoke handguns were to be found in the collections of many a wealthy merchant captain. But oft-times, they were coveted by those with more meager means and darker hearts. One such individual was an up-and-coming bilgewater reaver, known to his crew as Gangplank. Cocksure and certain of his power, he demanded a pair of fortune pistols, the like of which no man could hope to possess. A reluctant deal was struck, and a year later to the day, Gangplank returned, with no intention of paying for the work. He had masked his face with a grimy scarf, and there he was to take the guns by force. Abigail had crafted two masterpieces, twin hand cannons of exquisite workmanship and pinpoint lethality. Indeed, she declared too fine for the likes of him. She could see the brutish thug that Gangplank had become. Enraged, he seized the pistols and gunned her down with her own creations before turning them on her husband and young Sarah, too. Then, out of nothing but spite, he set the workshop ablaze and smashed both pistols on the cobblestones to wipe the fortune legacy from the face of Terra completely. Sarah awoke to agony. Her wounds were grave, but she managed to crawl from the burning ruins that with the remains of the two pistols clutched to her chest. In time, her body healed, but waking nightmares and night terrors would torment her for many years to come. Even so, she endured. She was determined to have vengeance. She rebuilt her mother's pistols and learned all she could of the masked murderer who had since declared himself the new Reaver King of Bilgewater and forced even the most influential ship captains to honor his claim. No matter. When Sarah faced him again, she would be ready. Taking a ship to Bilgewater Bay, she killed her first man within minutes of setting foot on the crooked timbers of the quayside. 
a drunken pirate with a gallon of Myron's dark in his belly and a price on his head. Sarah dragged his corpse to the bounty board officials before tearing off a dozen more warrants and heading off into the city. Within a week, every one of them was settled, and those with the misfortune to be hunted by Sarah were either dead or in chains. She quickly earned a reputation in the taverns and gambling dens, becoming known only as Misfortune. Gangplank would never see her coming. What was one more bounty hunter on the streets of this city? In the years that followed, tales of Misfortune's exploits spread far and wide, each more fanciful than the last. She drowned the leader of the Silk Knife Corsairs in a barrel of her own stolen rum. She took the siren from a captain who learned the hard way what it meant to slip a hand where it wasn't wanted. She tracked the insane Doxy Ripper to his lair in the belly of a half-dismembered leviathan down on the slaughter docks and shot him in the back as he fled. In spite of all of this, Gangplank was far too powerful to confront openly, with the fierce Jagged Hook's crew always at his side, but Misfortune knew just killing him would never be enough. Only his abject humiliation and the burning to ash of all he had stolen would satisfy the girl who had died on the floor of her mother's workshop. So, little by little, she began to surround herself with a small but loyal cadre of allies that would eventually help her lay her demons to rest. Miss Fortune risked everything to make her move against Gangplank. Plots within plots saw his ship the dead pool, blown to flaming wreckage in the harbor, and the tyrannical Reaver King overthrown. Best of all, everyone in Bilgewater saw him fall. It was everything Sarah could have hoped for, and exactly as she'd planned. It was over in moments. With Gangplank gone, the other rival captains quickly descended into fighting amongst themselves for control of the city. What little semblance of law there had been was gone in an instant, with countless innocent civilians caught between the warring crews. Reluctantly, misfortune stepped up, as captain of the siren and backed her own people. She brokered an uneasy truce that somehow held to this day. But little is ever really permanent in the port city, and Captain Fortune still finds herself having to impose her own brand of order on every reaver, ganglord, and distant threat that comes her way. The real battle for Bilgewater has only just begun. For Misfortune's Story. Again, if you're curious where I'm getting these, they're just off the League of Legends universe site. This one is entitled Down Among the Dead Men, and it's a story by Graham McNeil. And if you go to the page, there's art by Mary Magny. Bilgewater's White Wharf had earned its name thanks to the layer of bird waste covering it from end to end which was only to be expected at a resting place for the dead. Folk here didn't even bury corpses. They returned them to the sea. A grave of the sunken dead hung suspended in the cold depths, marked by hundreds of bobbing grave buoys. Some were merely name posts, while others were elaborate tomb markers carved to resemble rearing krakens or buxom sea winches. Misfortune sat on an empty crate 
of rapture rum at the end of the wharf, legs crossed and a noxious cheroot dangling from her bottom lip. In one hand, she held a length of breathing tube connected to a half-submerged coffin floating low in the water. In the other, she grasped a length of frayed rope running through a rusted pulley block and tied to the coffin lid. Both her pistols were holstered in easy reach. Moonlight cast a weak glow through the mist rolling in from the sea, staining the water's scummed surface tobacco yellow. Cawing carrion gulls lined every swayed-back roof on the quayside, which was always a good omen. They knew better than any of the signs of fresh pickings. About time, she whispered, as a shaven-headed man in a drake-scale frock coat emerged from the narrow, debris-choked alley. A pack of needle-toothed wharf rats stalking him, hoping he was drunk and might pass out to become easy meat. The man's name was Jackmunt Cyglos, one of the Painted Brothers. Any corsair worth his salt had tattoos, but every inch of Cyglos was inked with clawed serpents, lovers' names, and a record of every boat he'd sunk and every man he'd murdered. His skin was a good confession as any she'd known. He marched purposefully along the wharf, but his eyes darting warily from side to side gave the lie to his confidence. His hand gripped a long cutlass with a shark-toothed edge that hung low on his hip. He too boasted a firearm, a stubby carbine with glassy pipes running the length of its barrel. Where is he? demanded Zyglos. You said you'd bring him. Is that a piltover hex carbine? she asked, ignoring his question. Answer me, damn you! You first, said Miss Fortune, letting some rope out through the pulley and allowing the coffin to sink a little more. After all, I'm not sure how long this breathing tube is. You wouldn't want your brother to go without air, would you? Zyglos took a breath, and she saw the tension go out of him. Yes, damn you! It's from Piltover, he said, drawing the weapon and holding it out by the trigger guard. Pricey. She said, I guess you'd know, he sneered. She let out even more rope. Bubbles of air escaped the now fully submerged coffin. Zyglos held up his hands, instantly contrite. All right, all right, he pleaded. It's yours. Pull him up, please. You'll come quietly? Zyglos gave a bark of fatalistic laughter. <laughs> what choice do I have? He said, you sank my ship and killed all my men. And you've sent my kin to the poorhouse or the gale. And for what? A stolen hex gun? A bounty? A little of both, and then some. So how much am I worth to you, bitch? Coin? Five hundred silver serpents. All this mayhem for a lousy five hundred serpents? Oh, it's not the money that's got you killed. It's the fact you're one of Gangplank's sworn men said Miss Fortune. That's why I want you dead. Wait, d dead? The warrant says alive. True, but I've never been very good at following instructions, said Miss Fortune, releasing the rope and the breathing tube. The coffin plunged into the darkness of the sunken dead, trailing a froth of frantic bubbles. Zyglo screamed his brother's name and ran at her, drawing his serrated sword. She let him get within spitting distance before drawing her pistols and blasting him with both barrels, one through the eye, one in the heart. 
Miss Fortune spat out her cheroot into the sea and blew the smoke from each muzzle. Self-defense, she said with a smile, rehearsing her lie for the bounty pursuers. Crazy fool came at me with that fang sword of his. I didn't have a choice. Miss Fortune bent to retrieve the fallen hex carbine. She turned the weapon over in her hands. Too light for her tastes, but artfully made and absurdly lethal. The ghost of a smile twitched the corner of her mouth as she thought back to the warmth of the old workshop, the smell of gun oil and the touch of her mother's hand on her shoulder. Miss Fortune sighed and shook off the memory before it turned sour. She threw the pistol out over the water, sending it down to the dead. The sea demanded its due, after all, and she'd not lied. The weapon was worth a small fortune. She stood and strolled back into Bilgewater. She knew she ought to throw Zyglos's corpse into the water too, but the wharf rats and the carrying gulls had to eat, didn't they? And fresh meat was a rare delicacy on the White Wharf. Thanks for joining me for Stories of Rune Terra. Um, catch you on the flip side. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Ravenhood and uh, tell me what you think of the episodes and how angry you are for me taking this long to put more out. Thanks. Thank you.